Hey, big love fam. Welcome to Super Freak. This is a high vibe podcast, y'all, exploring all things frequencies, how they govern form, shape our realities, and are the key to living from your full potential. It's non-woo convos about super woo shit, unpacking what I call the science of self, from body and soul literacy to the power of understanding vibration, higher consciousness, quantum physics, and spiritual psych. Let this podcast become a resource for you on your journey to self-mastery. If you're curious and ready to free your mind, unlock the body, and truly become limitless, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Tally. This is Super Freak, awakening for the next gen. Let's go. Now I want to kind of fast forward and talk about the 10 dark and esoteric occult practices from history and loop all of this together with a deep read on the royals. So let's dive into this. This is going to be fun. First, let's look at Hermeticism. It's one of the oldest occult practices of all time, beginning with the intermingling of the Greco-Roman and Egyptian cultures and philosophy meeting mysticism. Even before that, thousands of years with anything, you know, ritualistic oriented. I look back at even early Egyptian times with Isis, things like that. Anything that was done ritualistically over time distorted itself. And I'm going to talk about the cult of Isis a little bit later. But if you look at alchemists, Freemasons, Gnostics, all of this falls under Hermeticism. Not all Freemasons are dark and doing really nefarious shit, but they're still a part of an indoctrination and a rule set that doesn't have the best intent. It's still a secret society. I mean, people who study astrology is actually considered under the umbrella of Hermeticism. Hermeticism comes from Pythagoreanism, which is essentially a mystical teaching of natural harmony. So polymaths, people who actually look at quantum structure and physical structure, geometry, how it relates to physical matter, physical shape. So you look at the pyramids, the idea of circling a square, which is what Leonardo da Vinci, why his work was so prolific is because all of it came down to sacred geometry. And this was at the heart of polymaths. This was at the heart of what Pythagoreanism was all based on. Early on, this was kind of the apex of where science seeks to study the natural world. Hermetics seek to study the supernatural realm in hopes of gaining understanding from that which isn't readily apparent or intuitive. Ancient religions aside, Hermeticism is the all-encompassing concept of the search for a deeper, more fundamental knowledge that is the foundation of occultism. Next, let's look at the Old Moore's Almanac. I remember finding this in a very, very old bookstore on the hate, dating all the way back to 1697 in Ireland. The Old Moore's Almanac is a fun little occult publication with, you know, prophecies for the future. It's one of the oldest continual publication, which contains horoscopes and other fun things that people have done a lot of satirical things about. Next, I want to look at demonism, which is absolutely very real. It's part of the Illuminati. And if you study demonism, this is essentially what you're doing. With demonism, a practitioner seeks to summon the power of an actual demon to bend to their will. According to Christianity and some occultist practices, demons are fallen angels sworn to subvert all things and to carry out only evil in the world. Let me refrain by saying this, that whether or not it's demons or Lucifer or God, or Christ consciousness. It's all consciousness representing itself as light, light that is refracted 
and pure and light that is non-refracted. Okay. It's a fallen angle of light, fallen angels. Okay. It's not light. It's light that has not been illuminated. That's essentially what demonism is with the purpose of that particular light pattern or non-light pattern fulfilling itself. These algorithms are simply fulfilling themselves. I can't say that enough. You are not these patterns. These are just algorithms that are running in your field that are fulfilling themselves. That is your responsibility to become aware of, transcend, and return to unity. That's the gig. So whether or not you're using demonology to bend shit to your will, to find out how powerful you are, you're doing it from a place that is non-illuminated light. So eventually you could transcend all those things, transcend the karma, and then return to unity. That's really the goal of having a body and experiencing ourselves here is remembering who we are, understanding ourselves from a different perspective in density and living from a single moment of time. This is the way that we actually transcend patterns. When we return to non-locality, there's nothing to experience because we have nothing to interact with. We just are awareness. So back to demonology. Really, the goal of demonology is about bending things to your will. It's understanding your own power and it's understanding that you have power. It's just done, if you're looking at the spectrum of neutral, positive charge, negative charge, it's done in the negative charge. It's done in the darkness without light. And I will also say that pay attention to anything that is deeply, deeply polarized. If you're running the perspective where you are still in good girl, bad girl, right, wrong, then there's some work to do about seeing all the information and then not letting it change you. That's the goal is to maintain neutrality the best you can. The next thing I want to talk about is magic. You know how it's spelt with a CK? Yes, that's fun to talk about that, but at the heart of magic with the CK is human sacrifice. And you're seeing a lot of this with dark Illuminati, and this runs right into Satanism, which is the next thing. Human sacrifice has occurred in occult practices from the beginning of (laughs) where, as far as I could have researched from as early on, human sacrifice is known to be the purest way to connect to said power. Okay. I'm going to give up this. And then as a result, I'm going to gain Y. I give up X, I get Y. Sacrifice exchange patterns. Human sacrifice is the highest form of the gifting. If you somehow are able to utilize that level of magic through seduction by how transparent can you get with your sacrifice and then get people to sign up for it anyway? This is Karmic Retribution 101. Moving directly into Satanism right after this is Satanists and people who who practice magic with the KCK and demonology believe in karmic retribution. That means, I kind of call it the Snow White effect. There's a whole other sequence I can do or a podcast I can do about parables with Disney and how they run patterns. So if you look at Disney, mirror, mirror on the wall, right? She's basically making a deal. Who's the fairest? I am. Oh, really? It's kind of like, I'll make you the fairest of them all. And there's an exchange and a negotiation going on. And then there's all this symbolism with the seven dwarves. But essentially, when Snow White meets the witch and she gives her an apple, she's choosing to eat the apple. Because she chose to eat that apple, she 
fell into a deep sleep. That was her choice. So she essentially chose to almost run that pattern of unaliveness and falling into a deep sleep. She was under a spell. Okay. So that's being possessed. She's essentially getting under possession. The only way that she can disengage from that pattern is through true love, which to me basically means the love of your higher self. So the recognition of your higher self, which in Disney is coming through the kiss of the masculine. It's about rebalancing and finding out who you are. So if she had chosen to eat the apple or was forced to eat the apple, rather, if she was forced to do it, that karmic retribution would have been on that witch. But because Snow White bit it under pretense and chose to do it, now she's responsible for that pattern. That's essentially what karmic retribution is. You look at it like with the Balenciaga shit and all this blatant Satanism that's in our face with the Sam Will thing at the American Music Awards, I think it was. I mean, these are very dark images that have been propagated and indoctrinated into our psyche since dark Disney for generations for a long, long time. But because it's so in your face, they're pushing how far they can say, see, we've been putting pedophilia in your face and you guys are tolerating it. You're just taking it. So let's just see how far we can take this. That's karmic retribution. This is Satanism playing out, demonism, self-sacrifice playing out in our faces. The people who are responsible for protecting children have the blood on their hands. It's absolutely the case. That's why the stakes are so crazy high right now. And it's kind of one of these things where I can't believe I'm witnessing such a revolution. It's wild. Make no mistake about it that sex cults are very real and under the guise, and it's rife in the spiritual community. It is rife in masculine and feminine polarity work. It is rife with twin ray flame BS, twin flame stuff. Rife, okay? If you have any type of hyper, hyper sexuality, okay? And you're playing out that fantasy, there is a sex magic cult frequency running in you. It's just is. That level of heightened sexuality is not normal. Chances are there has been a simultaneous life or a patterning, yours, not yours, around sexual self-sacrifice. You have been utilized, your sexual energy has been utilized for power, or you have been kind of sacrificed as a sacrificial lamb in your family because of religion, the Vatican, anything like that, okay? Catholicism, dark religion, whatever, it doesn't matter what religion it is. If there's a sacrifice pattern and it's running in your field and there is somehow sexuality associated with it and you have used that sexuality for power, it is a cult frequency, bottom line. It's the oldest trick in the book. It just is utilizing sexual energy to manipulate, to control and possess, period. Women know how to do this. It's the Angelina effect. I have seen spiritual people get taken down and so fucked up, especially men with beautiful women. It's insane. It's too easy. It's literally too easy. And whatever's running through that consciousness of the female hooks right into the man, right? Hooks right into the male frequency and they start getting resourced in terms of energy. I want to talk to you about the difference between sacred sex, spirit sex, and tantric sex. I'm sure the more things come to the surface, you're going to start seeing a lot more intimacy workshops or workshops where couples are going in and learning how to be like more intimate. Okay. And all of that's cool. But here's the deal. Be careful with the environment and who is teaching these things. 
because back in the day, I have a very deep remembering of a lifetime of this. It's the reason why I can see so much of this because of my own patterning around sex cults and sex magic. So Magda, Isis, this time period in Egypt, a lot of women I work on have a remembering of this. A lot of women in my life have had a remembering of this. Isis had a cult. It was called the cult of Isis and Magda was a part of it. And part of the cult of Isis was about utilizing the practices of tantric sex to strengthen the light body of the people who were men who were on their spiritual journey for any type of death or war or practice. So essentially Magda was practicing this type of tantric sex with Jesus to prepare his body for the quote unquote crucifixion, which is a whole other episode. But a fun book that I read decades ago was called The Magdala Manuscripts. And it was all about in detail aspects of flashbacks that I would have, like no accident that I found that book at that time of what was going on and what truly happens in sacred practice around sex is the purification process. And yes, it's for pleasure, but it's truly about amplifying and helping consciousness rise in the individual, doing so in union with a divine masculine and a divine feminine. So what does that actually mean? Spirit sex in its core is a purification and amplification process. It's deeply accelerating. It requires extreme presence and your individual energy moves up your own meridians your partner's energy, sexual energy, moves up his or hers meridians, comes out the top of the seventh, okay? Seven to 13, right? So all the way to your higher self, moves through your own individual Taurus field, and then you merge energetic. That energy starts to come through. Like this is where they talk about the Kundalini, but if we weren't even talking about Kundalini and we were just talking about waves of energy moving through the meridians of each other's body, you weave in and out. Okay. So you become a single source of light and the energy moves through your individual meridians and you become an, your Taurus field literally moves through both of you and you just shoot in awareness. You shoot up. It's incredibly, incredibly accelerating. You come together and then you separate out. So it requires each individual person to know where the hell they are rendering themselves in space-time. They know how to maintain their own body. They know where their body is. They know where their spirit body is. There's no enmeshment. They are individual and they are sovereign in their own right. And then they come together to amplify and they separate back out. So that is the difference. I have honestly yet to see a couple who can do it in a way that is really clean, that doesn't feel woo, distorted, or dark. Even I can understand the mechanics of all this, but can I say that I have experienced this? No. But I have experienced it individually with myself where I can actually accelerate using my own sexual energy and boost my own resonance. But matching that with a partner is something that I definitely seek to have the experience of in this lifetime and know that I will. But right now I'm in this very, very deep purification process. So coming from my own line, my own lineage, overcoming as much as I have, having been thrown in to a lot of just scenarios and situations where 
okay, I'll run that pattern. I'll get thrown into these environments, master them, and then purify it and teach it. That takes a lot of energy. And because I don't run self-sacrifice like that anymore, I don't have to do that. And so the last five to six years for me have been a very deep purification of my DNA, my body, et cetera. So it's been pretty wild. It's the reason why I can probably talk about this stuff so freely and can see some of this stuff so clearly. Like sex magic and cults and sex cults are extremely elusive. People who run joiner, who don't have a strong identity, who can get pulled into other realities, tend to get pulled into these types of cults. Pretty much everyone, to some degree, if you don't have a very, very critical skeptic type of vibe will get into some type of scenario for even a second. And they'll be like, yeah, okay, I want to join that because we seek community, right? And we want to grow spiritually. And then something goes off, something goes awry. So just be very discerning. It's really all about self-sourcing, having connection to your higher self. You don't need anybody else to tell you you're a badass. Most of us have been disempowered for so long that we're just really desperately seeking reflection into who we are, that higher knowing, okay, I am this, I can do this, and I can transcend these patterns, and I can have more ease in this life, and I can enjoy the abundance, that type of thing. So sex cults and this type of sex magic with CK is kind of fun to do marketing around, but it is a matter of understanding the difference. So like again, even with myself, the pattern that I was running, sacrificing myself to learn, master it, then teach, having to delete that, it's literally like you go through your own dark nights of the soul, you die a thousand deaths, and then you reemerge purified. Don't have to do it this way. Don't recommend it. So just discern where things become a little murky for you. Like if you have friends that end up getting pulled into different realities and with different teachers and They want abilities. They want to be able to see things. They want to be a really sexual being. And I get that. Sensuality is very natural for women. Seduction is inherent, but seduction is magnetism. You do nothing when you own who you are and you're in your feminine energy. You just become your own vortice and things come into you and you just decide if that's in alignment with you. If not, you kick it out of your field. Is this in alignment with me? Yes, you allow yourself to receive. Most women have no idea how to receive. And that's why we're we're in this conundrum with masculine and feminine polarity right now, where we have men who are disempowered, not in their masculine energy, and women who are way, way, way in their masculine energy and hypersexualized and in a very controlling dynamic. And a lot of times I'll see couples that are running opposite energy and they don't know how to come back to center, which is actually kind of an pretty good transition into the Royals, which I'll talk about in a second. But first I want to talk about seances. Essentially a seance is no different than sitting with spirit. Back in the day, it was a circle of six or eight people. They would hold hands. They would attempt to diminish any type of distraction, which may hinder their desired result of summoning the dead. So really seances was in a way turning mediumship into a connection with spirits that have crossed over. That's why I'm like, man, if you're using a Ouija board right now and you don't know what the fuck you're doing, baby, think twice because you have no idea what you're opening up. You're opening up like a Pandora's box. Another esoteric dark practice, if you will, is symbolism, which we see all the time with Illuminati hand gestures right now, especially with celebrity culture and musicians. 
symbols are very, very important to those who have dark occult practices. They want you to know that they're a part of something, that they have loyalty, that they have deep love, and that they they are special because they're somehow associated with this type of group. It refers to status, power, self-importance, and to some degree, kind of a warning for other people. Like, you don't know who the fuck you're messing with. Another one, which was wild, but necropants. Necropants are an extremely odd bit of occultism stemming from Iceland. They consist of the skin of the legs and feet of the dead and are worn by the living. You are seeing this now, a version of this now, where this was at the heart of Pizzagate, where the skin or the face of young sacrificed children would be worn. They were using the blood, okay, of adrenochrome level blood for vampire facials, part of the rituals, things like this. It stems from this type of dark occult practice. This is literally in history where the Icelandic people of the 17th century were so infatuated with rituals using the bodies of the dead, they would take the ribs, the skin from sheep and mix it all together into these nightmarish hodgepodge creatures that were left to kind of be very mortifying. It's wild. And apparently there is now a museum of this shit. The next is divination, which is an attempt to gain foresight and knowledge about the future through various methods, from fortune tellers to magic eight balls to chance readings of a tea leaf on your palm, psychics, tarot cards, etc. I would say this is like the least offensive. I think tarot cards are extremely instructive, and I think that there are a handful of people who really know how to utilize them, know how to read them, know how to utilize them as a tool, and it's in alignment with who they are. There's a handful of people that I can say, yes, they're doing what they're doing is actually legit. Essentially, if it's not used with the right intention, it is considered a dark occult practice. As always, between 1415 and 1600 with the Christian church, anyone who was known to be used divination or using divination practices were, of course, crucified because they were, quote unquote, witches. Always the case. So like I said, black magic cult patterns, these religious patterning goes back so far. It's virtually in everybody. Whether or not you're aware of it, it's just there. So when I get into readings and I can't see shit, it's because someone has masked darkness. And it's come up a lot. And I invariably kind of know I need you to ask for all masked darkness to reveal itself. And we have to start unpacking this because you are not allowed to have your brilliance if you're running this. There's contracts at play. Somehow someone down the line has agreed or participated in this kind of seance or this kind of ritual, or you've been in some circle back with some witches back in the 1500s. And that pattern is still running in this particular time construct. And that is why you are hitting a certain financial ceiling, for example. I know it sounds woo, but again, it's all patterns unrecognized or brought or not that you're not aware of that you have come here to override. And there's just borderline Satanism, which Satanism, I will say, and other occult practices are not the same thing. Satanism is noted to have started back in the 17th century. And Satanism essentially is the collective unhealed childhood trauma of us all or trauma of us all. 
It's literally the darkest, most nefarious shit that you could actually think playing out in real time. It is a simulation. It is literally a holographic simulation that becomes a filter. People buy into it. Those who don't have a strong sense of self, those who don't believe, those who are deeply separate will fall into a satanic type of filtering or patterning, and then that will play out. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Please make sure to leave a review and follow the fun on social media because that's how it works in this world. In the meantime, get your freak on. I'll see you in the next session. Thank you.